Hi, Satellite Sisters. We're excited to announce our new weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. That's right. It's happening. A little pep talk in your inbox on Fridays starting in August. Every issue will be short and sweet with podcast highlights, our recommendations for books, TVs, and films that are going to keep you entertained, plus recipes and other, you know, tidbits. And of course, there'll be a little pep talk because we all need that right now, don't we? It's the perfect newsletter to enjoy and then share with your satellite sisters and misters. You can find sign-up links all over the place, on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. We would love to have you sign up for Pep Talk now. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister, and I'm also, I think, the smokiest sister today. I'm the hottest sister and the smokiest, <laughs> and that has everything to do with the weather. I'm all fine. Thanks for everyone who asked. I'm a writer and producer, and I'm looking forward to today's show. Liz, you're back in the Golden State. How this, are you? I am home in Santa Monica, sisters. I'll just say this. This is... Not where I expected to wake up this morning, but I will explain later on to the show, into the show. But I was gone for two and a half months. That's insane, right? Because I left here late June to go up to Oregon. So it's always so nice to come home. So I'm happy to be home and happy to be with you guys. Julie? That's good. Liz, it's nothing is insane. It's 2020, okay? Right. And it's all good, right? I'm Julie Dolan. <laughs> I'm the oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I've lived and worked all over the world. We're going to do some international talk today. And I'm also a grandmother. I have five grandchildren. They're all going to school this week, too. So how about that? Okay. Wow. All right, good. We're going to get an update on that. Were you going to tell us exactly how that's happening? So, yeah. uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Also on the show today, Julie, you're bringing an international news roundup. It's been a while. Is it, it has you... been a while. You know, we've yeah. been very focused on what's going on here in the U S land, but, um, some of the same people are up to the same old tricks and I have to fill you in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Poison is inspiring. So great. Uh, terrific. Uh, Liz, um, you are going to pay tribute to a couple of people that you met this weekend, one of whom you met this weekend, both of whom happen to be teachers. Tell us what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what I was doing this weekend in Oregon. It was really interesting. But then also special shout out to my high school American history teacher, who was one of my all-time best teachers I ever had. I just heard that she passed away. So, you know, Julie, you also had Shirley Thorman as a teacher. So we're just going to do a special shout out to like what makes memorable teachers so memorable. So more on that. Okay, that sounds good. We also have entertainment, sis, entertaining sisters recommendations. And stay tuned. We're announcing our big September Facebook and Instagram contests. So hold what? on to your hats, get your hashtags ready, fire up your, your iPhones and your photos, uh, because we are going to need them. This is Julie cooked up this idea for this contest. We like it. So we're going to tell you about it later on in the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, sisters, I wanted to start by telling you about a little ceremony I had this weekend with my daughter-in-law Vera 
and my granddaughter, Alice, because, you know, we're all in the same pod. And one of the things that I like, because I'm a mother of boys, I like to, it's so nice when I can do girl things with girl family members. It's really <laughs> exciting. It's very <laughs> exciting. So Lena and Liz, I like to save the special items from my FabFitFun box. <laughs> and I do, we have a little like show and tell together, Vera, <laughs> Alice and I, you know, it's very nice. I get really excited about it. So we were this weekend, we were ooing and eyeing about some of the products and I was divvying them up. So like the Vitamask multivitamin max mask set, that's hard to say. <laughs> I gave that, I gave that to Vera, you know, that's cooling. It's very good. And then the beauty papier golden superfood shower gel. Oh, wow. Okay. That. I, oh, yes. I, I gave that to yeah. Alice. I mean, I love the names of these things. They're so elaborate. I kept the Anastasia Beverly Hills clear brow gel. I kept that for myself. Yeah. And Good. then we pulled out this last item and it was, it's a gorgeous spray bottle and it said crease release on it. And then it says reduces wrinkles. And so Vera and I were going back and forth about this, you know, it's classic scent. And I was like, Vera, I have more wrinkles than you do. You know, I, I, I really should, I should take this. And she said, but it would be so good. Like after you take a really, you know, hard nap or, you know, uh, and you get those creases on your face and we are literally spraying the crease release <laughs> on our face and patting it in. And it has some French word on there. It says defoissage. And I, again, my French failed me, Liz and Leon. I don't know what that was, but we're like patting this stuff on our face. And then it was my son that said, hey, do you see? It also says the laundress, New oh, York. Oh, my gosh. I was, we were literally putting spray, st slapping spray starch on our face. <laughs> and how did it work? Did it work? <laughs> I feel like my creases were released, Liz. I feel like it was reducing my wrinkles. Yeah, we're just, we're slapping. Can you, oh you know, God. but it was. <laughs> <laughs> Crease oh, release. Really? It was I... releasing my creases, you know, I just. I can't believe you did that because I looked at that bottle for like 20 minutes. Like, what is this stuff? And then I, and then I noticed the laundress. I was like. Oh, this will be good for me because I never iron, but it never occurred to me to spray it on my face. I like it. Wait, well, that's the fun part of those fab. Fit that must be things, why they put it in there. The bonus <laughs> round, the fun round. Okay. So uh, I'm looking good. That's all I can say. Someone should invent that product, though. I think you have. That's a big idea, Julie. Just I thought, I thought it was such a great name for a beauty product. Crease release. Yeah, good. And you know how unsightly that is when you get up from a nap and you got all those marks on your face? Just slap okay. okay. That's just such a specific use of a beauty product that I'm sure it will be invented. You know, <laughs> nap creases. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> that. That is very funny. Uh, that's very funny. All right. Well, I, I know a lot of people have been asking. Honestly, no one's been asking. But I just wanted to give you an update on 
how my dancing is going during this stay at home period. You know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I unexpectedly took up ballroom dancing a couple of years ago. Uh, I had a triumphant show in March where I performed a cha-cha to Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. And then the next week, the shutdown happened here in California and there's been no in-person dance classes. No studios are open here. It's impossible for my teacher to teach in person. So, you know, initially as a sign of support, I said, sure, let's do some Zoom dance classes. Not really understanding how that even worked, but I just wanted to support my teacher because, you know, a freelancer like that, this this is this is a bad situation. And let's face it, in March we thought, well, a couple of weeks of this, this will be kind of fun. So <laughs> right. flatten that curve. Yeah, we'll be back in action. No yeah. exactly. <laughs> So I did not expect to actually learn an entire rumba by myself in my bedroom, in my bare feet. But that is what's been going on. He challenged me to learn a new dance, the rumba. And that is uh, the cha-cha is very hippie and it's fast and it's fun. The rumba is slow and sexy and I am struggling. I will, I will say this. About a month into these classes, he FaceTimes me. He's in his, you know, house 10 miles away. I'm upstairs and I'm trying to learn the steps and the hips and the this and pointing my toes. It's like everything I'm not. Every (laughs) is everything I'm not. And I had to say to him eventually, like, I just I'm not sure this is me. He's like, you can do it. And what I realized was when we have class together And I want you to remember this when you're watching Dancing with the Stars next week. Like, he is such a strong dancer and a strong leader. He just whips me around, you know? Your feet kind of follow and eventually you get it. But when you're (laughs) dancing by yourself, you actually have to know all the steps and do all the moves and, and he can watch you really intently. So I'll take like a half a step and he'll be like, "Eh, eh, eh, no, 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 go back, go back. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. So uh, I just want you to know when dance competitions fire back up again, because this is what I am preparing for, my first competition. So as we joke, in 2040, when we're doing dance competitions again, (laughs) I think I'm going to be ready. (laughs) But it's been good to support him because like, this seems to be going on forever. I read a terrible story in the LA Times this week about how all these dance studios all over Los Angeles are closing. So I'm happy to support him. Even if I can't do the rumba, I'm going to keep doing the rumba is my, is my message to you. you. Well, slow, slow and steady land. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Slow is right. I mean, I just have to keep saying, I don't think my hips can do that. Or like my feet, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do something and then I fall over like I'm cramping, I'm cramping. And it's just pointing my feet. <laughs> so, um, but last week they announced the, the cast for Dancing with the Stars. Now, I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars in years um, because they started putting a lot of felons on the show. And I just wasn't down with that. No. But... So, and they're, let's face it, they're really out of stars now. They're just putting, it's just dancing with people you might've heard of is really the name of the show now. But I thought this year I'm going to rewatch again because why not? It's going to be the only live TV happening basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, fan favorite Johnny Weir, I think is looking good. The Olympic skater, you know, I like it. Skaters. Yes. 
he's going to be fabulous. Yeah. He, yes, he will be fabulous. Natural showman knows how to do all this, feels the rhythm, loves wearing costumes. Like I can't believe he hasn't won already, but he's he's on the show. But here's who I want you to watch. Remember the actress Anne Hesh. Remember Anne? Oh, <laughs> remember? Yes, we remember <laughs> Anne Hesh. Yeah. We go way back with Anne, right, Lynn? And right. Liz? Mm-hmm. Anne, Anne Hesh was on Another World. That's the soap opera that the Dolan sisters actually watched. Somehow her mother, she watched it too. She would let us watch Another World. So she played like twins on Another World. That's how she got her acting start. And then she's lived like nine lives. She's been, on, she's been in big movies. She's been in tall, small TV shows. She was with Ellen for a while. She actually married Ellen in 2008. Then she married a guy named Corey Laffler or Lafoon or something. (laughs) One time when we won a Gracie Award, she was the host. So we saw Anne. She's quite a showman up there on stage. (laughs) A lot happened. She really made a lot of bold statements on stage. So she is one of the contestants of Dancing with the Stars. She's 51 now. I feel like I'm going to be rooting for her and calling in for her because she might have a, a very small group of support. So I feel like we can get behind Anne. That's what <laughs> okay, I want. To say. All right. That's yeah. good. That's that's I, I like that. Why not? So she is the official satellite sisters candidate for Dancing with the Stars. Okay. I think so. Mainly because I didn't know most of the other ones except Johnny Weir and Dan Hayes. So, but there you go. I'm on it. With Dan Hayes, I've always felt too like, Anything could happen at any moment. Anything could happen. (laughs) Anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. That's good for live TV. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm talking about like beyond the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything can happen with Anne. There's going to be some emoting in those practice scenes. I can tell you that. She's going to be emoting. There you go. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to this fall because now my summer escape is officially over. So I... uh, Cooper and I rolled in last night, rolled home in here in Santa Monica after kind of an unexpected change in plans, but there's nothing better than being home. I, you know, it's nice to just be, cause I left here the end of June and uh, so very long time. And, but here I am. But those of you who listened a few weeks ago to our South American episode, you know, in August, we uh, replayed some of our favorite travel episodes episodes. Well, you know that we were joking that, you know, we go to the Andes and we go to the Galapagos, but I've never gone to Yosemite. (laughs) And so I was thinking about that as I was listening to that show in August. And I thought, well, maybe this is my chance. Maybe when I'm driving home from, uh, from Oregon, this is the year to stop at Yosemite. And then I got on the National Park Service website and because they were dramatically limiting access, you had to register for a drive-on pass. And I actually scored one of the drive-on passes. So I had expected to be wake, waking up in Yosemite this morning. But Sunday, I was in Eugene. Um, and I was like swimming in the Mackenzie River with a couple of our cousins. It was del- It was a delightful day off. But, you know, as we were sitting there on the beach... I heard lots of texts coming in, but I was ignoring it because I was having a delightful afternoon outside swimming with our cousins. But it turns out it was like a half a dozen of my friends texting me saying, you're not going to Yosemite, are you? Are you going to Yosemite? Are you at Yosemite right now? And I was 100% oblivious to the news about what was going on there with the fires. So that night when sitting in the backyard at our cousin's house, 
Um, luckily, our cousin-in-law, Kevin, uh, grew up in that part of Northern California and is familiar with that and actually looked at a map. And I'm like, so what well, do you think? Maps are good. No, that's yeah. something Dolan's never do is look <laughs> at a map, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's just hard to know, like, how far away is that really? That was my main question to Kevin. Like, okay, if I'm over here and the fire's over there, is that close? Is that far? And he just kept saying, hmm, hmm. I would really not recommend that, Liz. <laughs> not recommend that. So so anyway, I went from Yosemite to Nosemite, which is fine. It's fine. There's, you know, it's still going to be there in the future years. And I just, I deadheaded it um, all the way back. And uh, so it's just, I, here's the positive point of view. It's just still on my goals now. So it's just, you know, there's still time for me in my life to get to Yosemite. Didn't happen to be this week, but you know, I had an excellent alternate plan, which was just come home and settle back in here. So it's all good. All good sisters. Okay. Well, because Liz, last week you did a segment, which you sort of pitched to us as a lighthearted look at all the things you didn't do this, <laughs> this summer. <laughs> And when we got into it, it was like, oh, you didn't clean a rug and you didn't learn your pedicure. And what was the last one? You didn't get her box. She had her box. Oh, yeah. You didn't open the box of stuff. Yeah. 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 I thought it was lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although we could see like halfway through, we were like, hmm, not quite as lighthearted as we might have thought. But um, we got some grief on the Facebook page. First of all, Barbara uh, wants you to know, she says, OMG, Liz Dolan, so unlike you to take the glass half empty stance about your summer vacation. Not done list. I mean, look at your 20 plus seasons of cooking with Liz. You learned, you cooked, you entertained us all. And this is where we come in, Julie. I can't believe Leanne Dolan and Julie Smith didn't pep talk you out of your own disappointment. Take credit and look at what you did. Yay, Liz. Well, there you go, Liz. (laughs) Yay, Liz. Thank you. I appreciate the pep talk. Can I just say that, listeners, I do have conversations with Leanne and Julie that are not recorded, where they are highly positive about things that I've accomplished. (laughs) So that was not a list of like, oh, what was me summer? Like this was my whole summer. It just, there were three, you think I did accomplish a lot this summer, but there were just three silly things that I did not get to. Anyway, okay. All right. All right. So yay, Liz. But yay, Liz. Go, Liz. Yeah, you're good. I I am going to hold the line on the carpet, though. I feel like <laughs> driving a dirty carpet a thousand miles, keeping it in your car for two and a half months and driving it home. I, I feel like you're going to regret that is all I mean, like because there's literally a dry cleaner at your house of Ben. There's one like a block and a half away. I know, I, I know. it's even a drive through and like nothing could have been easy, easier. So. Other than that, but the pedicure, you're never going to give yourself a good pedicure, Liz. That just let it go. I mean, that's fine. And uh, so, the box, we all and the have box, boxes. we, we all, all have boxes, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or drawers okay. or yeah. closets. Don't so, worry about it. Yeah. But the carpet, uh, you may regret that. But it was interesting because we had a graphic. So I posted on our Facebook group thinking people would give, uh, you know, what three things didn't you do this summer? Thinking things, people would list things along the lines of what you did, you know, sort of lighthearted things, small, not huge. But we had those. And then we had some really thoughtful, like, frankly, heartbreaking, 
answers about all the things that people have missed out on uh, over the course of the last six months. And I think it just reinforced the importance of acknowledging these losses that have occurred this year and really reframing the present. And so, Barbara, you're right. Glass half empty versus glass half full. Yeah, we need to sort of take the glass half full stance, but just acknowledge that people have missed out on a lot of really important things uh, over the last six months. So, so for that, Liz, I acknowledge the things that you missed out on. Okay. My things were not important. <laughs> well, to Barbara, apparently there. not because you didn't do them. Okay. Oops. Okay. Oops. We're slipping back. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. We'll yeah. end this segment well, quick. As long as we're talking about pep talks, Leanne, can I say that your, uh, your edition of Pep Talk, the New Satellite Sisters newsletter last week was just really great because I think it is that time early September where no matter where you've been the last six months or what you're doing, this is a time of year where you feel like things are starting again and, oh my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? So I was, you know, I was very moved and um, pepped by what, by what you wrote. So thank you, Leon. I, I really appreciated the idea of like, take a deep breath, step up, step off the curb and give it a go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, that took me a while to get to that. You know, again, inspiration strikes and, and I tried a couple of other ways in, but I think it works. So thank you. If you haven't subscribed to Pep Talk, you can go to our website. There's a pop up that will come up. You can subscribe there. There are lots of links at our uh, website, SatelliteSisters.com or on our social media. It's going to come into your inbox every Friday morning. Um, if it kills me. So yes. <laughs> it's good no, to have I'm, goals, just week to week goals. That's yeah. Good. It adds structure to your life besides the Roomba and then <laughs> a Roomba, <laughs> whatever. I should, I should also get a Roomba. That's true, but it is the Roomba. <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to take some time here to thank a couple of sponsors. We would like to thank Harry's for their longtime support of Satellite Sisters. Now you may be thinking to yourself, why does Harry's, a men's grooming company, sponsor Satellite Sisters, a podcast that whose audience is primarily women? We don't really know, but we, all we know is that we love Harry's and they love us. And you know why? Because we know that the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood loves their Harry's. A lot of you out there, even if you're not the one shaving, seem to be in charge of buying the shaving equipment for your family. So that's it. Harry's Thank you for supporting Satellite Sisters. And Harry's just came out with their sharpest blades ever. And unlike some other razor companies, they're not charging you more for their new product improvements. Harry's new sharper blade is still as low as $2 each. Other razor companies have increased their prices when they introduce something new, but not Harry's. Did I mention that already? Well, I'm going to mention it again because it's important. How do they do it? Julie, we know they own a German factory that's been honing razor blades for a hundred years, right? That's exactly. <laughs> I mean, they went they went for the quality, right? Yeah. And they just their whole supply chain, they have the quality. <laughs> you you can give a full throated endorsement to this to all the men in your life that are using Harry's razors. I mean, because you can have a lot of confidence that they're gonna get a smooth shave. That's it, because they their steel comes from Sweden. They own the manufacturing process from R&D to the factory floor, and that allows them to keep their prices low. Julie, you can tell the men in your family or the women who might be using it, it's 100% <laughs> quality guarantee. Yeah, right. we don't I judge. Mean, I've had some guests that are like, hey, try that Harry's razors. You need to work on your legs. Get to work. 
Yeah. And Harry's is super convenient. The blades are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. So if you want to try the sharpest blades ever, here's how you do it. Because Harry's has an amazing offer for Satellite Sisters listeners. New U.S. customers can redeem a Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash sat sisters. Okay, that's a custom URL. It's relatively new. Harry's.com slash sat sisters. When you go there, you can sign up for a five blade razor featuring their newer, sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, which we love. We talk about it all the time. It smells delicious. You can't eat it. You just shave with that. And a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. So if you want to try that sharpest blades ever, go to harrys.com slash sat sisters and redeem your trial offer today. Harry's.com slash sat sisters. We would also like to thank me undies for their support of satellite sisters. You know, sisters, there are other companies that try to convince us that pumpkin spice is the signal that fall is coming, (laughs) but not me undies. No, no. Me Undies knows it's time to get your booties ready for the spookiest time of year with the softest undies to grace your bottom. And they know exactly how to celebrate a season with coolest prints and colors and the softest undies. And you know what their fall print is? Yes. It's it's dim sum. Have you seen their dim sum prints? I have. It's the cutest thing. Who doesn't want to look like a little dumpling, Leanne? I'm happy to look like a dumpling. Sure. Uh, Pumpkin Spice is so 2019. Dim Sum is the fall print of 2020. We're calling it right now. Uh, you know why MeUndies is so soft and so cute, but so, really why they're so soft? Because they actually grow on trees. No, seriously. They're made from irresistibly soft natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees. And you know what natural fibers mean? It means that their micromodal is not only super soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. I think we can all agree to that. Impossibly cozy. Yes, sisters? Yes. The lounge pants, the underwear, the whole thing. Impossibly cozy. There you go. And I think this is the fall for cozy. Am I right? Just slap on the dim sum, put your coat. Put your cozy MeUndies on. You're ready to go this fall. So MeUndies has a great offer for Satellite Sisters listeners. For first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. It's a no-brainer because they are 100% satisfaction guaranteed MeUndies. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash sisters. That's MeUndies.com slash Sisters. Thanks, MeUndies, for supporting Satellite Sisters. Okay, sisters, I want to do a shout out to two amazing people. I mentioned this at the top, one of whom I met in high school, and the other I just met this weekend, and both of them just have the heart of great teachers. So this weekend, here's what I was doing. I met a guy named Otis Davis. As I've mentioned on the show before, I'm working on things related to the sport of track and field. And this summer, I was going to be working on, you know, the Olympic trials uh, would be up in Eugene, Oregon at the brand new Hayward Field and then the Olympics. Well, we all know how that turned out. But anyway, Hayward Field still exists. And on the brand new Hayward Field, there's a big tower where four athletes are saluted. And the oldest of those athletes... um, is Otis Davis. And this weekend was, believe it or not, the 60th anniversary of the day Otis Davis won a gold medal in the 400 
at the Rome games. Um, the, so that was Rome 1960. He won a gold medal and he set a new world record. So he is recognized on this tower because he was the first ever University of Oregon athlete to win an Olympic gold medal. So that was kind of cool. So he, Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, they have a whole, every story on the tower is a different gold medalist that came from the university. And, uh, and then his picture is one of the big ones on the outside. So we had him there, you know, in a very socially distanced way to just do special recognition of his, um, his record 60, 60 years ago. Can you imagine 60 years ago in Rome? What it was like, those were the days when you like got on a boat to go to the Olympics, you know? Right. <laughs> And, but here's the thing about him. He, he just has an amazing life story, which I did not know at all until we worked on it this weekend. He came to the University of Oregon as on a basketball scholarship, but it just so happened that his dorm was right across the street from Hayward Field. And he was looking out his dorm window and he was looking at the runners practicing. He thought, well, I could do better than that. So <laughs> he went over and he just introduced himself to Bill Bowerman, the very famous track coach there. He's like, hey, I could do better than your athletes. And, uh, and Bowerman said, well, what can you do? And Otis said, well, what do you need? And <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And so he tried him at the, the long jump. He was really good at that. The high jump, very good at that. Like distance running, yeah, fine. He was good at that. But the, it's when they put him in the 400 and some of the, the sprints that they realized he had found his event. And so in two years, this is what's amazing, even if you don't follow a lot of sports stories, imagine in two years, he went from walking onto that track for the first time and saying to Coach Bowerman, hey, can I help? To winning an Olympic gold medal and setting a world record. There's only two years that went by. Wow. Uh, isn't that incredible? That's yes. an amazing story, Liz. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just amazing. And then, you know, back in the day, there was no real professional track and field. Olympians were still, you know, allegedly amateurs. So he graduated from the University of Oregon and, uh, and he became a teacher. And so he taught right there in Springfield, Oregon for a long time and then moved to the East Coast and has lived in New Jersey for a long time. And even though he's, he's 88 years old now, sisters, and he is still a coach and mentor and what they call a verification officer, which I think they used to call like a truancy officer uh, at the high school in Union City, New Jersey. So he works with kids to keep them engaged in school and sports. And it's just like a, it's just a very fulfilling story that he, in both ways, he found, he found his calling and like very quickly, you know, setting a world record, not for nothing, super hard to do. And, uh, and then also finding his calling as a teacher. So I just wanted to say what, a what an honor it was to meet someone like that this weekend and to, to have him there. And he also was very happy to be honored in that way, because I think you get to be 88, your record's now been broken, you know, by like Michael Johnson. And you just think, Oh, well, maybe nobody remembers the contribution I made. So it was, it was very nice to be able to say to him, we remember the contribution contribution you made Otis so that was yeah, you won't you won't forget that Liz you won't never forget meeting him here is hearing his story I mean that makes such an impact just connecting really? with him right 
And also that there was, I mean, we had to keep people far away because obviously COVID, but there was a moment where some of the runners came by, they were practicing on the track. And when he saw those kids, Julie, you know, just these college students go running, he just like lit up and started like yelling to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Just is amazing. And then, so we did a whole bunch of filming and pictures and things. And that was on Sunday was the anniversary. And he was wearing his Olympic blazer. I think I sent you that picture. Or I posted it in my Facebook group, in my Facebook page. He used to, you know, he still fits into the Olympic. <laughs> so that's a that right there is something. Give I, him a gold medal for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Otis Davis. Well done. Uh, life very well lived. Second person in that category for me, Shirley Thorman, was my American history teacher in high school. Julie, also your American history teacher, right? Yes, Liz. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things about a great teacher is I know she was your favorite teacher. She mm-hmm. was my favorite teacher, too. I think she's one of those teachers that could make each individual feel so special, so, you know, so motivated that it's not surprising that we both, you know, thought she was the best teacher ever. Yeah. 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 A, a high school classmate of mine uh, posted it in on her Facebook page this weekend. That's how I saw it. And uh, Felicia, what she posted is after eight years of grade school, five years of high school, four years of college, and three years of law school, I can tell you that Shirley Thorman was one of the three best teachers I ever had. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mrs. Thorman. And then down below, she does explain why she was in high school for five years. And then, <laughs> then, then another, another classmate noted, oh yeah, Mrs. Thorman, she totally had my number. And I think there is something like a great teacher, they have your number, but in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. She was very challenging. Yes, she wouldn't yeah. let you get away with things. Right. And she taught me what dialectic materialism was in, right. as a junior in high school. I mean, she wow. really just, there was no idea or th- she felt like everybody could handle like very complicated, you know, yeah. complex political theory. So she just, she challenged all of us. I remember going to her junior year. I was like, I was like, Mrs. Thorman, I got to get out of here. Can I just can I just go to college next year? Can you help me? You're like, can I just go? Oh, really? I didn't oh, know yeah. That. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just, you know, I, I just felt like I was ready to get out of high school. And she's like, sure, I can help you with that if that's what you want to do. And then she spent like three months talking me out of it, just very slowly talking me out of it. So, and, I, you know, back in the day, applying to college wasn't like a full-time business. You just... <laughs> no. You could... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I never told mom and dad that I was thinking of doing that. I was just like, well, I'll just put my plan together and then I'll tell them, yeah, I'm going to go to college next year instead of waiting next year. Mrs. Thorman, she had my number. She could hear my, you know, my desire to like maybe do things that were more challenging or just get out of high school. And she, she like talked to me, she talked to me back into high school in the best possible way. So that was just, um, yeah. Uh, she will be, you think about certain teachers, for me it's two, it's Miss Sorchiati in second grade and Shirley Thorman, <laughs> junior year of uh, of high school. And so all the teachers out there, you know, if you wonder if your students remember you, yes, we do. I mean, it's so important what you do that those two women are still in my brain 
all the time at people that really had a huge impact on my life. So just wanted to say that Shirley Thorman, like, again, a, a life very well lived where you made a huge contribution to many people. Thank you, Mrs. Thorman. That's all we can say. Yeah. Well, it is, you know, speaking of school, it is what I'm now calling Satellite Sisters School Days. That is D-A-Z-E. Yes, because for many, many people, they have either started or they're going to start this week. Now, I just have a sample size of five. That would be my five grandchildren. And I gathered some reactions to what they were thinking about going back to school. Now, first of all, um, the most important thing to realize is what is happening now this when they go to school that is school what happened in the spring was not school okay for for all three of my grandchildren it's like that remote learning that was not school that was something else but now school the building you know that's all happening again so i asked the first grader I said, what, you know, was he, you know, when was he going back to school? Because the schedules are very complicated. And he said he had no idea when he was going to school. <laughs> he said, Nana, it's very complicated, but he's excited to see his friend, Alex Brown. And he always uh, refers to Alex Brown as with both his first and his last name. So, but he has no idea when it's happening. So the fifth grader, very, very happy to be back at school. They went uh, last week for a couple of half days. Really, really made a difference to see his friends, to be close to his friends. But he also, the fifth, fifth grader, figured out that uh, with the hybrid system, he only has two days of school this week. So he thought that was excellent, too. So, okay. Just enough. Just, just, just enough. Yeah. The eighth grader. She was okay, but when she was a little bummed out because she realized her two best friends, because of their family situation, um, were doing online school. So they were not actually going to be back in school with her. Um, so she's going to have to figure out when, when she can see her, her, you know, her best friends because they're not going to be at school this fall. And you, they, they made a decision. You have to commit one way or the other. You can't float back and forth between being online and being um, in school. She's also said it's really quiet at school in the classroom because oh. everybody has a mask on yeah. and everyone's behind uh, a plexiglass uh, shield. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's okay. So that's her report. Okay. Uh, then we moved to my group in Brooklyn uh, and there they were scheduled to be my, um, Josephine was going to be in first grade in a public school in New York, and Evelyn was going to go to nursery school. And so none of that is happening. Uh, they, my son and daughter-in-law and the two girls have moved to Connecticut where schools are open. So uh, the first grader there, Josephine, starts at a school today. She is very nervous because, you know, she's now living in a new house. She's, you know, has to go to a new school. Um, she knows one other child because my son and daughter, uh, were, are kind of doing, daughter-in-law are doing it in a pod. Some friends of theirs also moved to Connecticut. So they're going to share childcare and try to, you know, and all the kids are going to go to the same school. So she seemed pretty nervous about that. And then the two-year-old who was, who was scheduled to go to school has already announced that she is not going to school because <laughs> she's two. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that should be very nice on the first day. She doesn't care that her parents moved her to Connecticut, so she'd have a chance to go to school. She's two, and she is not going to go to school. So that should be lovely. So I think in general, everybody's sort of holding their breath including the two-year-old, uh, right. for, fall Literally. Yes, for fall semester 2020. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, well, wow. For your son and daughter-in-law to like make the quick decision to move out of New York to another state, that's so much hard work for parents to like make those decisions. I, make I mean, it just was untenable in New York that the school wasn't going to be open enough to, like, they couldn't figure out how they both could work and how they could do, you know, the childcare and the online learning. They just couldn't make it work. I mean, so it was not their choice. They didn't want to leave, but they, you know, they really felt like it was um, the best decision for their family. And uh, so that's, that's uh, all you can do. That's all that you can do. Yep. What's Urban Nana going to do with all those black clothes? What are you going to do, Urban know. Nana? You got to get a I know. whole new wardrobe in Connecticut. I don't know. Connecticut, I got to get some pink and green, right? <laughs> some topsiders or something. I don't get know. Some, get some topsiders. Yeah, that'll be good. Don't do that. Those are, those are sexy. Those are the sexy issues. <laughs> Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about kids and that's, it's understandable, but I, there was an interesting piece in the New York times by Kate Murphy this week. And it caught my, it caught my eye because the headline rang true to me. It said, we're all socially awkward now. And it said, deprive people of interaction with peers and their social skills will atrophy. This is yet another side effect of the pandemic. So we get that this is happening to kids, and this is a real reason why people want to get their kids back in school or in these pods with other families. But grownups, it, it seems, if they're deprived of consistent and varied peer contact, can get just as clumsy at social interactions as inner, inexperienced kids. And this is based on research from, listen to this lineup of groups, prisoners, hermits, soldiers, astronauts, and polar explorers. Okay. okay. They've done some time in isolation. Yes. Yes. And it says people separated from society by circumstance or by choice report feeling more anxious, impulsive, awkward, and intolerant when they return to normal life. And psychologists and neuroscientists now are seeing something similar happen all over the country thanks to the pandemic. We're kind of losing our facility and agility in social situations, whether we're aware of it or not. Have any of these things happened to you where you're like, people are oversharing on Zoom or overreacting to or misconstruing one another's behaviors? You, you want contact, but then when contact is around, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't actually think I want to be here. What am I doing here? Have any of you experienced that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like being in a physical space with people. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty odd malaise. I find like when I put that, when I first particularly started wearing the masks, like I didn't even want to make eye contact with people. Or, I know, you know. I know. What's that about? Right. right. Like, like I can't, I can't even... see or breathe with yeah. this mask on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And I can understand why Alice says everyone's so quiet because you don't really want to make chit chat, you know, small talk with the mask on. It just doesn't seem worth it. I, I even find like, cause I drive so rarely, like I get in the car and I'm like, okay, what's happening in this car? How do I get this car in the reverse? So I'm not sure that's the social awkwardness. It's just, you do lose skills. Yeah. So, uh, so psychologists are saying, you know, this is normal. Uh, you'll get those skills back, but you do need to be kind of gentle and patient with yourself because the readjustment is real. Uh, so, and every interaction you make helps you get back to normal, but they stress that you should try to stay connected and engage at least once a day with another person on a phone or on a zoom call, or even if it's, you know, picking up your, your dinner, like try to make contact eye contact and, and converse with them in a small matter. And that will like help keep your skills sharp. But so then you, you, your dog does not count. I don't think your dog counts because they can talk back. Okay. <laughs> so. okay. Start small, be gentle, be kind and realize that everybody else is going through the same thing. I think that's, that's exactly important. right. That's, that's important it. too. It's like, you're not the only one experiencing this. So yeah, I yeah. think it's, it's very important not to overreact. Mm -hmm. The last line is have patience for your own and other people's weirdness. And that, yeah. <laughs> and that's true. There mm -hmm. you go. Just a reminder. Okay. All right. Well, sisters, one more thing um, in this segment, you know, we haven't, we haven't really talked about the international news roundup in quite some time, because I think we have been so inwardly focused on what's happening here with, with the coronavirus. But I did want to give you some highlights that there's a whole world out there. You know, obviously the whole world is battling coronavirus, but there's some other news stories that I want to keep your eyes on. Um, one has to do with Alexei Navalny. Now he is the Russian opposition leader, but he was recently poisoned with Novichek. Mm -hmm. He was traveling from Siberia on a plane to uh, Moscow, and apparently he was served some tea in the airport. Um, he was poisoned. So, uh, yeah. And he was uh, transferred to a German hospital in Berlin. He's been in a coma. He is now, uh, uh, now he's awake, but they're not certain, you know, how much brain damage he's going to have uh, done because this is the same. Novichek is the same nerve agent that was used um, on the Russian spy, uh, Sergei Skirpal in London. Oh, he I, was poisoned, right? Do you remember this? Yeah. Now, the EU is demanding transparency from the Russians. Well, good luck with that. And um, Putin, th this, um, this Alexei Navalny is such um, an opponent of Putin that Putin won't even say his name out loud because he doesn't want to give him any credence or any, you know, any reputation. But if, could we just for a second do a short Satellite Sister history of the Russian poisoning stories that we have done here on Satellite Sister? Long history. It's a long I history. mean, starting in 2004, we talked about Viktor Yushchenko, the Ukrainian presidential candidate. Remember, he had that poison soup and that his whole yeah. face got really strange. Yes. We talked about that. Yeah. How about the journal in 2004, the journalist Anna Piroskaya. She yeah. was on a flight, an Aeroflot flight. She had tea again, poisoned, died. Litvinenko, we talked about uh, quite a bit in 2006. He was the ex-Russian intelligence officer. He had that bad cup of tea in London and he ended up dying. 
you know, but, but it has continued 2015, 2018. Critics and journalists um, of Putin have been have been poisoned. They just poison them and kill them. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And they seem yep. to have no problem with us knowing that we're the ones that they're the ones doing it. Right. It's like they don't care. They just they they just want to, you know, without get- impunity, Liz. You know, I mean, it's just they are like. Yeah, they they just no but no one is going to call them on it. I mean, they're you know the the Germans are saying, well, they may reconsider a natural gas line. That's not going to happen. You know, I mean, they just they just poison all their critics. Yeah, okay. and I heard a I heard an analysis of like why poison because it's so old fashioned, and uh, the expert said, well, that's exactly why the poison is just it's so old school, and it it's a way of saying. Every cup of tea could kill you. Ah, I mean, think about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So stay away from the soup too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's just, it's very disturbing. It's it's very disturbing. Okay. But related to that story, I mean, have you been watching what's been happening in Belarus? Now they, this is where this is, they have the longest serving, I'm going to call him a ruler, a president Lushenko, Lukashenko. Okay. And he is really... The last of the like sort of Stalinesque dictators. I mean, you, do you realize everything in Belarus? You know, all the manufacturing is still state controlled. The media state controlled. They have a very powerful secret police, and but they've had oppositions and demonstrations, and these have been very wide widespread because um, they're fueled by you know the really dissatisfaction with all the corruption, with the poverty, with the low pay, the lack of opportunity. Uh, certainly coronavirus has compounded this situation. And then they recently had a, an election where, you know, everybody said it was the, all the ri- voting was rigged. So they've had these demonstrations. Well, over the weekend, one of the leading opposition figures and Olga Kovakava, uh, I guess is her name. Um, she was uh, just apprehended. They, they don't know where she is. You know, there's oh, reports that she was just taken uh, and, you know, we may never see her again. And it's just, but it speaks to, but, you know, these protesters are coming out, they're coming out as families, they're bringing their children, they're bringing their dogs. It's so they're, you know, in that situation. I mean, they're amazingly cre- uh, courageous to do this, you know, but, um, and, and that, you know, they're just, Belarus is just using these really old style tactics, you know, they're rounding up, they're arresting like 3000 people at a time. So, um, but it will be interesting to see what will happen. Russia, of course, says they are standing ready to, you know, to defend uh, Belarus. But, um, you know, I don't know where that's going. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Well, can I just remind people who may be newer listeners that you lived in Russia for five years, which is why we've been covering Russian poisonings and, and all things Eastern Bloc in such detail. It is fascinating. And you have such a unique view into it and uh, interest in it. So thank you, Julie, for keeping you. up to date. And, and then one last international story. Now, they're really, I mean, they're more your neighbors and international types, but Meghan uh, Markle and Prince Harry, you know, they're right yeah. there. They got the big Netflix deal, $150 million to do some podcasts. So that's, that's nice. But here's the part that got, that was of interest to me, sisters. Okay. I mean, I'm signing up for this podcast. Okay. There's no doubt about that, but I was, have you heard what their podcast is going to be about? Here's the words that were described in Variety Magazine. 
inspirational family programming, powerful storytelling, truthful and relatable, positivity, and the need for connection. Now, Leanne Dolan, didn't you write the need for connection in our first book? Did you? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to be bitter business bureau about this. I mean, I'm happy that they got the $150 million and they can pay off what they they need to pay off for those renovations in their old uh, crusty castle there. But um Yeah. You feel like they're stealing our concept? That's it? That's your Inspirational family programming, Liz. How about some powerful storytelling? Do you think they have a crease release story like I did today? I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. Useful, relatable, Liz. You laid it on the line with your rug in the back of your car. Mm. Come on, come on. I mean, confessional positivity. Po positivity. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's going to be great. But we'll listen exactly. I Julie, I think if they uh, do a royalty report, we're going to have some IP issues and then we can contact a lawyer. Yeah, I would. Let's watch for that. If they okay, start to do a weekly royalty report. <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to. Oh, we're going to tell you about our big contest when we get back on Instagram and Facebook. But first, we have to thank a couple of sponsors that allow us to provide Satellite Sisters to you free of charge. We would like to thank Third Love for their support of Satellite Sisters. Now, Third Love makes great bras. That's it. We've told you about them before. The bras in over 80 sizes. They are designed for the perfect fit. They use the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support. And they promise you that you're going to get a perfect fit. They stand by their products. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them and returns are free for 60 days. It's all online. You don't have to go to a store. No, there's nobody coming at you with that measuring tape. You don't have to lift your arms up. You just have to take their Third Love online fit finder quiz to find the size and styles that are right for you. A few simple questions and you're going to have your perfect fit in 60 seconds. And Third Love helps you actually identify your breast size and shape and finds the fit that fits your body, which is important. And breast shape does matter. We know that now. We didn't know that before Third Love, but we know it now, don't yeah. we? They have bras in over 80 sizes from cups AA, including half cups with bands from 30 to 48. I have to tell you, my A number one bra is the, uh, I like the 24-7 classic uplift plunge bra. Have you tried this, either one of you? Plunge bra? No, Julie, have no. you tried a plunge? I'm not doing plunge. I go with the t-shirt bra, Leanne. Okay. I have so much confidence when I put that on. I just, I love to wear that. That's their number one. That's their top seller, Julie. The 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. So you picked mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. Well, right. the bras are really I, comfortable. I, I'm in my third love, unlined minimizer bra. I like the unlined minimizer uh, combo. See, three sisters, three different bras. There you go. That says it all. When people say, are you and your sisters alike? I'm just going to point to this conversation. We <laughs> were three different, th three completely different third love bras. <laughs> so if you want to check out third love, we want you to do that. And third love is offering 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sisters now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sisters thirdlove.com slash sisters for 15% off today. Okay. I'm excited. I feel like I have breaking Rothy's news oh, oh, <laughs> only because only because I just checked my email and there was an email from Rothy's in it. Julie, Liz, there's a new shape of Rothy's shoes. Can you guess what it is? We have the pointed toe. We have the round toe. 
Can you guess what this new shape square might toe. be? Square toe. Square no. toe, Liz. Square toe. Oh, you got that it. Was just a guess. I was just going with shapes. Yes. Well, good. <laughs> that was the clue. So yes, square toe Rothies. Okay. Wow. I don't. It's not in the copy that I'm supposed to break Rothies news, but I thought it was important <laughs> to bring you that. Shoot. <laughs> gotta check it out, Leanne. Okay. You know we love these Rothies. They're comfortable. They're washable. They're made from sustainable fabric. We love that they're on the go. They're stylish. We can toss them in the washer. Uh, and we love that they have square toes now. I mean, that is exciting because they come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns. And now, ranges of styles and shapes. They're seamlessly knit with threads made from plastic water bottles, so they're ultra-comfortable as soon as you slip them on. Zero break-in, period. And they just make you feel good when you put them on. They're just refreshing. They they lift the spirit up, is what I would say, every time I put my Rothies on. And every time I put them on and wear them out, I get someone who says, oh, are those Rothies? Mm -hmm. So it's like you're part of a team. It's you're part of a special team out there, a sisterhood, if you will, of Rothies wearers. So if you want to check out Rothies, they make amazing shoes and bags. If you want to check out these square toes, which I'm looking at right now, and they're square but not too square, so they're yeah, kind of squoval. They're what's that? What's that? What's they say in the pedicure? Squoval. They're they're like that. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, like that's a good look. Do you think yeah. that would be good in either the gray camo or maybe the big cat print? I'm I'm thinking about that big cat print this for the fall. Yeah, you for fall, freshen it up, Joel. Mm -hmm. Rothies.com/sisters is where you want to go. That's rothies.com/sisters and rothies is spelled R-O-T-H-Y-S. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothies.com slash sisters today. All right, Satellite Sisterhood, the fall is here and we have a new contest for you. Uh, that's right. We want to see your photos on Instagram and Facebook. And here's the big idea. Julie came up with it. Show us what you did. Okay, Jill, tell us, tell the people what you mean. We want to look, look at what I did. Okay, we want you to share what you've been doing. Big or small? Did you paint a picture? How about you painted? A, did you paint a room? Did you plant a garden? Did you knit a sweater? Did you make a dress, a wreath? Did you make a cake? Uh, did you make a she shack? Uh, did you throw a pot? Did you plant some pot? Any of it is good. We want to see it. Okay. Anything you accomplished? Yes, yes, and we want we want these on pictures for Instagram and Facebook with the hashtag. This is important, right, Leanne? Sad yes. sister, look what I did. Sad sisters, look what I did. That's right. So we yeah. these are so this is a contest on Instagram and Facebook. The prize is going to be a big stash of Satellite Sisters products. We're going to put together a, a bag full of swag and send it out to you. Uh, but the hashtag is key because we need to be able to find your entries, and that's how we do it with the hashtag. Hashtag Sat Sisters. Look what I did. All one word. Post your photos September eighth through the twenty eighth. And winners will be announced on our show on the 29th. It's a random drawing. So there's so even as Julie mentioned, if it's a tiny, tiny accomplishment, maybe, maybe unlike Liz, who couldn't get her rug cleaned, maybe you got your rug cleaned this summer. <laughs> this summer. There's nothing, just, it's, nothing is too big or too small. Okay. That don't right. overthink this, people. Just so just share with us what you've been doing, big and small. Okay. It's gonna that's be fun. Right. 
Sat Sisters, look what I did. You can start posting right now through the 28th. You can post both on Facebook and on Instagram. We're going to pick one winner from each. Julie, I think this is a fun idea. I can't wait to see what people post. I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. Have you, or do you have anything to post? Can you kick us off? Do you have, what did you accomplish this summer? Oh, Leon, I didn't know you were going to ask that. Okay. Yeah. I put you on the spot. Sorry. I, yeah. No, I don't know what I'm, I'm going to come up with something big come or up with small, something. Big, big or small. small. I'm going to come up with it and I'm going to put it online. Yep. You, you could bake some brownies right after the show and that would totally count. So. I, mean, I know what I can do. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right hashtag it's at sisters look what i did and i'll put that info in the show notes too so everyone can remember how to do that because right. we do being able to find all the entries and we get a big kick out of these contests right right but it's key you it's key to finding the entries so that that's that's why we insist on the hashtag uh i'm sure there are other ways we could monetize the hashtag but we don't know how to do that so we just <laughs> we need it we needed to just find your entry. <laughs> All right. I want to remind people to, too that I'm doing a whole bunch of those crowdcast, bring your own book club, uh, book clubs this fall oh, again. Yay. So they were hit in the spring and the summer. I was so happy to talk to so many readers of the Sweeney sisters. And so I am announcing four dates starting tomorrow. Uh, so it's going to be a bunch of Wednesdays in September and October. And then I'm having a Sunday brunch time slot for people who that might work better. So September 9th at four Pacific, September 16th at seven Pacific, October 14th at four Pacific and October 18th at 9 a.m. slash noon Eastern. Okay, so Wednesday night, just sign up. It's free. It's on a platform called Crowdcast. So we'll put the link in the show notes. I'll also spread the link around social media. You can go to my website, leandolan.com. Click on the book clubs on the nav bar. The link is there. There are plenty of places to find the link to Crowdcast. That's the platform. You have to enter an email, but then that's it. Then your work is done and you'll be reminded when to come. You're not on camera. It's me. You can ask any questions. These are not taped. So they're open and we have a lot of fun and they're free. And you can bring your whole book club. We have a, I'll have a whole book club showing up on the 16th. So I'm excited about that. Or you can just come by yourself and be part of my book club. So there you go. All right, Liz, we have some time for entertaining sisters. What do you got? Okay, here's a quickie. I uh, wanted a wildly escapist book to listen to on my drive home from Oregon. So I picked a great one. Carl Hyacin, you know, who's written many bestsellers, including like Skinny Dip and others that I have loved, has a brand new book out called Squeeze Me. And, you know, all of his stories are crazy, satirical uh, stories of things that really could only happen in Florida. So yeah. this, this one starts when a society matron is eaten by a giant Burmese python sister. Oh, then, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good beginning. Yeah. And then Julia gets more absurd from there. That's like the straightest part of the book. And then it spins wild, wildly out of control. It's what one reviewer called Carl Hyacinth's signature hijinks. So I was totally in the mood for some signature hijinks, and I loved it. One other note on this, the, the main character star is a, um, is a critter removal specialist, because obviously there are a lot of snakes in this story, so who's going to handle the snakes? And it's a female character named Angie Armstrong, who is fantastic. And so 
really loved it. Uh, one heads up, this is all very colorful people, so it's very colorful language. So if that's not your thing, maybe this is not your book. But I loved it and highly recommend it. it Carl Hyacinth's Squeeze Me. Funny title, right? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, now, now I, I get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah, the snake analogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, sisters, I have a recommend recommendation for you. This is uh, on Netflix. It's a, a Norwegian series called Occupied. And this is a climate change thriller. Those are three words you never really see together like that. But that is really the premise of this of this show. There are three seasons that are on Netflix right now. There are subtitles, but it has Norwegians. They may be the good guys. We're not certain. The Russians, they're definitely the bad guys. And then there's the EU. And they are sort of good guys and sort of bad guys in this. Uh, but there's lots of plot twists, interesting characters. Um, and it's a very sort of plausible uh, plot, which I don't want to I don't want to give away any of the details to it. But it's very involving. I'm enjoying it. Occupied. Oh, Julie. OK, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I tuned into something on Netflix this weekend, an uns just surprisingly a sob fest. <laughs> and it's called a documentary called The Speed Cubers. And it's about um, it's about Rubik's Cube competitions. Oh, and what I liked about it was it was only 40 minutes long. It wasn't like a 14 part series on this. It was this really simple story about these two top competitors and the relationship that they have, but that it sets the whole stage for this really niche competitive world of uh, speed cubing. And Julie, I think like your, your grandkids would really enjoy it. It's appropriate okay. for anybody. You know, the language is fine. It's fun to see them. I had no idea that Rubik's Cubes are all about math. I didn't know that, which is mainly <laughs> probably why I couldn't, so I never could solve that. Yes. Okay. Qualified. Okay. Maybe that's, Ooh, that's yeah. a, that's, that's a hard lesson to learn at this point in our lives. <laughs> it is. That's I bitter. just, that's yeah. a very bitter lesson. Okay. So that's going to be no hashtag sad sisters. Look what I did. That's <laughs> <laughs> but maybe someone out there has mastered the algorithms and they can show us and that would be fun. We'll also, I guess, take videos. But anyway, it's it's a surprisingly moving, very charming documentary uh, called The Speed Cubers. Oh. Um, so that's on Netflix. Also, I have a bunch of books that I read this week over the last couple of weeks that just all happened to be set in France and be about wine or food, but oh. they couldn't be more different. So I'm going to um, put those in the newsletter this week. I'll do a little book roundup in the newsletter in Pep Talk. So if you haven't signed up for Pep Talk, that's a good inspiration to do that. But I love them. They're, all three of them were different, but I loved all of them. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Uh, we would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for um, engineering Satellite Sisters and connecting us and making it all happen behind the scenes. Thank you, Sergio. We always appreciate uh, your hard work. A big thanks to our sponsors this week, Me Undies, Third Love, Harry's, and Rothy's. And thanks to you, the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood. Your support of the people that support us make this all possible, and we really appreciate it. All right, on our to-do list, Liz, what do you got? Okay, well, I just got home after being away for two and a half months, sister. So I have two and a half months worth of mail. 
that I, that I need to go through. I was having someone collect my mail while I was gone and then take pictures of it and send me pictures so I could see if any of it looked important. And none of it looked important for two and a half months. <laughs> just put it in that box of yours Liz there was only one letter that looked important it had urgent in big letters on it so Leon, when your son Colin was here doing yeah. doing a favor for me some you know some home improvement I had him open that letter and uh and take a picture of it and text it to me it's a good thing I did because that was my water in bend was going to get turned off so I caught that in the nick of time but um <laughs> two and a half now- Look what you did, Liz. That's pretty good. There you go, Liz. Take a picture of that. You guys are always so supportive of me. Thank you. (laughs) Leon, how about you? Uh, I am am getting my hair cut and colored this week, so I'm excited about that. It's only my second. uh, Last one was back in May. So I have a lot of events this fall. I decided it's it's time. Headed over. My hairdresser is working out of her house. So uh, she's set up outside out of her house. So I will be headed there this week. It's exciting. I mean, I got to prep all week for that. You just got to get ready. I'm I'm looking forward to it. That is really good. Well, on my to-do list is the U.S. Open. Now, this is the first uh, sporting event that I've watched. uh, And uh, here's the thing. It's weird, but good. So it's just tennis. No crowds, no cheering, no atmosphere, just hardcore tennis. And the good news is there are three American women in the quarterfinals, Brady, Rogers, and Serena. And three of the women in the quarterfinals are also moms. So you got to root for all of them, right? So turn it on. The hardcore tennis. Uh, Just watch. Just watch the tennis. That's all. All it's all about. Yep. It's a good start. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the U.S. Open for uh, for doing it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is good, but weird. I I agree. I agree. I agree. All right. That's our show for the week. Thanks, everybody. Um, Hey, Julie, Liz, have a good week. You You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. (laughs) 